Hello everyone and welcome to episode 11 of the Luna's Galaxy podcast. My name is Emmy, but you can also call me Luna and I'll be the host of this show. Luna's Galaxy podcast goes live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast services on Tuesday, every two weeks. <laughs> and I just re-recorded that intro probably like three or four times because I kept screwing up. I was like trying to find new ways to say things, you know, make it a bit more interesting, but then I just like lose my spot in the thing. And anyway, it was a mess, but I did it right that time. So now we're like officially starting the podcast. Uh, but for this, uh, this episode, um, we have three segments. We have gaming news, what I've been playing and questions. We don't have a topic of the show. Um, I did have an idea of what I wanted to do, but truthfully, I'm up to my neck in, in university work right now. Um, it's just like that time of year where exams are coming up, like all the big papers are coming up. And so I've been really busy with that. I haven't had time to really stream since, um, I did the charity streams. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really busy. <laughs> so it's going to be a bit of a shorter episode. Uh, probably next week too is probably gonna be another shorter one, but yeah, we're still going to cover the news and what I've been playing and all that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, just bear with me for a while. I'm very stressed out. <laughs> um, but before we get started, um, if you'd like to leave a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts, I would be happy to read it on the show, just letting you know. <laughs> and also, so like I mentioned uh, last week, it was last week, right? Yeah. <laughs> last week, I did uh, some charity streams for Food Banks Canada on Twitch and thank you so much to everyone that donated, everyone that, you know, stopped by and said hi, everyone that chatted or lurked or whatever. Even if you just, even if you didn't get to go to the streams, like you retweeted something or, you know, whatever. Uh, I just want to say thank you all so much because we were able to raise $601.77 for Food Banks Canada. And so I'm amazed. Uh, the initial goal and the one that I was like, okay, if we hit this, I'll be happy that I made for the charity streams was like $100. So I had no idea what to expect. Um, it was my first time doing anything like this on Twitch. Uh, I've never done a fundraiser. I've never, I had to learn how to use Tiltify. Like all this stuff was very new to me. And I had no idea what to expect because it's hard to predict how much money people are willing to give, <laughs> I guess. Um, you just never really know like what will happen. Um... But I'm, I was amazed. The first day, the first stream that I did, within the first five minutes, we hit that $100 goal. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I think that first day, we also reached, like, $347 or something. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, yeah, by the, by the time, I think it was at the second stream, actually, we hit the $500 goal, which was, like, uh, the maximum stretch goal that I had set up. So, at some point in the future, we're going to be doing those uh, donation goals that we hit. So... Um, the first one was a Bratz Rock Angels PS2 stream, which I'm hoping to do, uh, sometime over Christmas break for me, because I'm gonna have more time to myself to do things. Um, we're also gonna be doing a trivia night stream on Twitch, which I'm pretty excited about. It'll just be, uh, like, video game trivia. Some stuff might be a bit more specific to certain series that I like, because, you know, my community also likes those games. Um, but just kind of general video game trivia with, with some fun stuff in there. And I'll figure out some sort of prize for that as well. Um, very exciting. And then, uh, the $500 donation goal that we hit was that I will do a bald Sora cosplay on stream. I don't know when I'll get to doing that, to be honest, because, like, I do have to, like, order the costume and it is kind of expensive, but, like, we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it. Um, 
and I'm very excited for that. Um, so yeah, it, it was, I'm so proud of this community and like, it, I'm just, I'm amazed honestly. So thank you so much to everyone that donated, um, everyone that tuned in. It means a lot and I do want to maybe do this, you know, every year. Every year around Christmas I feel like I want to do some sort of charity stream, fundraiser, that type of stuff. And because it is so rewarding and, you know, I know at least for myself, um, like I do donate every now and then, um, just to like different charities and stuff because I, I like doing that. I have money. I'm like, I want to give it. <laughs> um, but I know sometimes it can feel like you're not able to do as much as you would like. Like I know for me, like me donating $30, I feel like isn't, isn't doing much, which I know that might sound really bad, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> it can feel kind of hopeless sometimes. Like this is the only, this is the most money that I can give right now, but like, it might not be doing much for them in the long run, but I know, like, doing this and being able to, like, see that grand total, of, like, as a community, um, we raised, like, $600, like, to me, that, that feels a lot more meaningful, not to say that $30 isn't, but I hope you're, I hope you get what I'm trying to say here, it's just, like, it feels like, you know, $600 you can really do something with, um, and, you know, $30 helps, and, like, I don't know, I, I don't want to make it sound like I am, like, I don't know, making it sound like $30 isn't enough or $5 is enough because at the end of the day, it all makes a difference. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, when you do come together as a community and, you know, using my platform to do something good um, that, you know, otherwise, like, I couldn't donate $600 on my own. But as a community, we could. So I hope that is, I hope I got the point across. I hope I don't sound like a fucking asshole. <laughs> but anyway, once again, thank you so much. But let's get on to gaming news. So honestly, there's not much to cover. <laughs> Um, but we are going to go really in-depth on some stuff. So, <laughs> um, Naruto is in Fortnite now. Uh, there's a little crossover thing going on. I have no idea. I don't play Fortnite, but I'm not gonna lie. This does have me a bit interested. Maybe I'll check it out at some point. I probably won't, but I've been seeing, like, these really funny videos. Okay, so I should probably, um, clarify. So, um, in Fortnite now, there is, like, Naruto, Sakura, Sasuke, and Kakashi. <laughs> You can play as them. And I've been seeing videos on Twitter of just, like, people making, like, Sasuke do, like, Gangnam Style. And, like, or, like, Naruto with a gun. Like, shit like that is, like, really funny to me. <laughs> so, I, I've just, I've just been enjoying the memes, to be completely honest. But, like, I don't know. I think it's really cool. Naruto x Fortnite? It's kind of cool. Um... <laughs> I'm a Naruto fan. I still haven't finished it, but I'm a Naruto fan. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> okay, uh, my other news story before we get into the real bulky stuff um, is that Phil Spencer is woke. Phil Spencer is so sexy. <laughs> this is such a messy episode already. Um, uh, Phil Spencer's been saying a lot of stuff lately, and all of it is, like, sexy. So, like, he said, uh, NFT game plans feel more exploitative than about entertainment very woke. Fuck NFTs. We do not like NFTs here. Like, Phil Spencer knows. Um, and also, so, of course, there's been stuff going on with Activision Blizzard, and I actually didn't put this in the news story, but, um, I, I, I do, I've been, like, listening to it, about, about it, and, um, reading about it, and I actually wrote about it for school a little bit, um, about how, just, Activision Blizzard, like, keeps getting worse, like, that entire situation. It's, like, you think we're already, like, bottom of the barrel, but then it just gets worse. 
Um, so, like, now uh, there's, like, a petition for Bobby Kotick to resign. I think he's the CEO of Activision Blizzard, or at least Blizzard. I'm not entirely sure. Um, so there's, like, a petition to get him to, like, fuck off. <laughs> but also, there was something about, oh, my God, I can't remember her name. Um, but she's the co-head of Activision Blizzard. I feel like I should get up her name. I think it's, like, Jen? I think it's Jen something. Let me see here. Activision Blizzard. I think it's Jen O'Neill. Yeah, Jen O'Neill. Okay. I didn't trust myself, but that, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's her name. Um, so Jen O'Neill, uh, she was a co-head of Activision Blizzard. Very recently promoted. She's only been in the position for a few months. And she recently stepped down uh, because she was, I mean, I shouldn't say because, because I don't know if that was exactly the language that they used, but a, a reason for it, contributing to it, was that she was not getting paid the same amount as her male counterpart, who was in, like, the exact same position. So, you know, shit just keeps getting worse on Activision Blizzard's part, and I think it's just really shitty. Um, you know, I feel like them putting Jen O'Neill in this position was just, like, performative and really... It was like, oh, look, we have, like, a female fucking co-head of the company, and... You know, she's going to be responsible for making all of these changes that we don't want to make. Like, I feel like that's probably what happened, and, but we're not going to pay her the same amount as this other dude that we have in the same position. Just very performative and shitty, and I don't blame her at all for stepping down. Fuck that company. If they want to make real change, then, like, mm, they're not doing a good job of it so far. Yikes. But anyway, on to Phil Spencer. Um... And he said he's evaluating all aspects of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments. And so, like, do I think this will actually amount to anything? I don't know. But, you know, when you are someone with the amount of power that Phil Spencer has in this industry, you know, being, like, the head of Xbox, like, his words do hold power. <laughs> and unfortunately, for a lot of these companies, they don't really give a fuck until it starts to affect their bottom line. And so... You know, if they're seeing this and they're seeing that Phil Spencer is saying this, even if it doesn't amount to, you know, Xbox, like, uh, Activision Blizzard games not being on Xbox or some shit until stuff changes, like, I doubt that's gonna happen. But, you know, just kind of putting the scare in them, like, I'm kind of hoping <laughs> that that might help. Like, just, I think people in the industry do have to be speaking out about this, and I think it's good that he is. And another, another absolutely, um, <laughs> woke statement by Phil Spencer um, he just said something about how he's all for emulation to preserve older games. Um, so yeah, Phil Spencer, um, I'm available Thursday night. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so Stan Phil Spencer, <laughs> head of Xbox, um, king shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to the Game Awards. So the Game Awards are happening December 9th on a Thursday this year. They're always on Thursday, but just throwing that out there. December 9th. Uh, I didn't get the time, but I assume it's probably the same as the other years. So just this last Tuesday, at the time that I'm recording this, so uh, a week, a week after, I don't, I don't know, my, my mind's all fucked up. This comes out on a Tuesday, but it was last Tuesday. So it would have been a week ago by the time you're listening to this that uh, the Game Awards nominees were announced in a little video that Jeff Keighley did. Fantastic, Jeff Keighley. So let's talk about them. I'm not going to go through all of them because I don't have much to contribute. <laughs> But we are going to talk about, you know, some of the big awards and just some other stuff. And I'm going to make some predictions, but, like, there are some categories. I, I genuinely, I don't fucking know what's going to happen. So, uh, let's just talk about some of them. So, a Game of the Year, the biggest, the biggest, um, award of the show. 
So the nominees for Game of the Year this year are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Um, I think this is the only category that has six nominees. Every other one is five. Um, but I think this is very interesting. <laughs> um, I think it's, I think at the end of the day, it's probably going to come between Deathloop and It Takes Two. I don't think Resident Evil Village, <laughs> I, I would be, I would be really fucking shocked if Resident Evil Village got it. But I mean, it is nominated. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see it happening. It's a feeling I have. Um, I also, I don't think it's going to go to Psychonauts 2 either, even though like that is one that I want to play. Um, more so than most of these other games here, but I don't know if that'll win. I'm also not sure about Metroid Dread. For me, in my opinion, I, yeah, I think it comes in Deathloop and it takes two and maybe Ratchet and Clank. Um, those are, those are what I think is probably has the best chance of winning. I think those games also have the most amount of nominations just in the game awards in general. So that's also kind of my reasoning for that. But you know, I, I really haven't heard anything bad about Deathloop. Like, or it takes two, or Ratchet and Clank. So, like, I feel like that's, it's probably why. Um, and I think, at least to my understanding, having not played any of these games, I should also clarify, when I'm talking about, like, all the Game Award stuff, I've literally not played any of these games. <laughs> the only game that I played this year that was not a remaster, so, like, Near Replicant and uh, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, the only game that I played that came out this year that is not a remaster is World End Club, which should not be nominated for literally anything. <laughs> love you Uchikoshi, but it was not your best work. Um, so like, I'm literally just going off of what I have heard and what I'm like personally interested in. I do want to play It Takes Two and Psychonauts to at least check out a bit of them before the game awards so I can like root for something, you know? Um, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm really fucking busy, so I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not, I think the biggest surprise for me was honestly Resident Evil Village in that list. I, I thought it would probably be Returnal instead of Resident Evil Village. I don't know if that's just because uh, Resident Evil Village came out a bit earlier in the year, but like, so did Returnal. So I don't know. Um, but I feel like people still talk about Returnal, but not really Resident Evil Village. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so that was, I think, the biggest surprise to me. And also, um, before, I, I, yeah. <laughs> we might as well just go right into Best Game Direction, because that's what I was about to talk about. Um, so Best Game Direction is pretty much all the Game of the Year nominations except for Resident Evil 8 and Metroid, um, but they have added Returnal. And, you know, if you've watched the Game Awards before, you probably know that Game of the Year and Best Game Direction are very similar. Almost every year they have the exact same nominees or, like, just very slight differences. And I think it's really interesting here that Returnal is nominated for Best Game Direction but not Game of the Year because, like, I thought Returnal would be up there instead of Resident Evil Village. And, like I said, Resident Evil Village and Metroid are not in best game direction, but Returnal is. So like, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it, but I genuinely thought that Returnal was going to be nominated, but I also haven't played it <laughs> or any of the other games. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting. But um, I think best game direction is going to go to Deathloop or it takes two. That, that's my guess. Um, then we have best narrative. So once again, Deathloop and it takes two. Um, Life is Strange, True Colors, Guardians of the Galaxy and Psychonauts 2. I don't know about this one. I've not played any of these games. Um, I have heard good things about all of these games, so, like, I don't know. Uh, I was kind of surprised, though, to see Guardians of the Galaxy. I was not expecting that. I figured it would just kind of be, like, 
generic, I guess. <laughs> I didn't think the narrative would be something compelling about that game, but like, cool. I'm glad that people, I, I have heard that people really enjoyed that game. So like, good for y'all. Um, but I, I was surprised to see it there for sure. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be for this one, but I'm really curious. <laughs> uh, good to see Life is Strange True Colors there, even though I haven't played it yet, but I will. I will at some point. Um, as for the music category, um, best music, um, Near Replicant got a nomination, which um, I was not expecting to see Near Replicant anywhere because it is a remaster, um, but I did think if it was going to be in any category, it would be music, so... Uh, I am glad to see it there because I think that the near soundtracks are like undebatably some of the best. <laughs> like, even though it is a remaster, um, I am glad to see that it got an odd for best music. Um, do I think it'll win it? Probably not because it is a remaster and I do think, you know, more people have played some of these other games that have been nominated. Um, I think Cyberpunk also got nominated for best music. Um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't have it in my notes here, I just put it in near replicant. <laughs> Um, but you know, there are some other nominations, but I just thought it was cool that Near Replicant kind of got a little shout out there, even though I would be fucking shocked if it won. Um, and then for best ongoing game, so I'm just going to talk about the ones I'm kind of familiar with. So there's Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Genshin have all been nominated. Um, I think in this category, it's going to come down to Final Fantasy XIV or Fortnite. And, um, I think there's like, there's two categories here and I, I probably just have my notes for later, but there's like best ongoing game and best like community support or some shit. Um, I think, I think Final Fantasy 14 should win in at least one of them. I think the year that Final Fantasy 14 has had is fucking amazing. I think it should get at least one of those, even though it like never does. I don't think, um, it'll probably be Fortnite, but whatever. <laughs> uh, shout out to Final Fantasy 14. Final Fantasy 14 is one of the games that I played this year. Um, I, it was all old content, but, like, I did technically play it this year, and it is nominated for something, so maybe, you know, I wonder if Endwalker will be up for anything next year. Probably not, but anyway. <laughs> uh, best Indie. Um, why is 12 Minutes here? I still haven't gotten the chance to play it, but I do want to, because I know there's a lot of controversy around it, um, but, like, as someone that listens to a lot of podcasts, I think everyone was disappointed with that game, so I'm like, why is it nominated here? Like, I have not I haven't heard a good thing about the game, genuinely. I've heard bad things, and I've heard mixed things. I've not heard anything that makes it seem like it should get nominated for Best Indie. <laughs> um, I I don't really get it. And I also think that Chicory got snubbed. I still haven't gotten a chance to play Chicory, but, um, like, everyone I know that has played it really fucking likes it. And, like, it... Anyway. Anyway. Um, I don't understand why Chicory wasn't here. Chicory did get a nomination somewhere else, I think. But, um, I, that was, that was surprising to me, honestly. Um, but I think that, uh, Death Store is probably gonna win this. Uh, it seems like a lot of people really liked it. And yeah, I have something here about Best Community Sport. Um, but we already talked about that. Uh, for Best Action Game, I think that's gonna go to Deathloop or Returnal. Um, I don't know. Pro I feel like it could go to Returnal just because I feel like, um, some of the smaller categories, uh, will go to smaller games and then because it's like if Deathloop wins game of the year will it also win best action I don't know and then we have best action adventure there's a lot of nominations here so Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, and Resident Evil Village um I don't know who fuck this is going to go to I'm kind of thinking Ratchet and Clank but like I'm literally talking on my ass here I haven't played any of these games <laughs> but I listen to a lot of podcasts and shit so like I kind of know what I'm talking about but anyway and then we have Best RPG, which is, I feel like, um, 
usually a kind of, uh, what's the right word? I don't, I don't know what I'm thinking. Contra controversial isn't the right word, um, but something like that. Uh, best RPG. Uh, Cyberpunk got nominated. And I know some people are like, Cyberpunk isn't an RPG, which like, I haven't played it. <laughs> but I think that sometimes, uh, this is just my take, that people, I think when a lot of us hear the word RPG, we just think of like JRPGs or very specific types of RPGs when really that category is like very broad. There's a lot, there's a lot of games included in the RPG sort of like a book. I don't know. <laughs> um, so like, I'm not going to sit here and say that Cyberpunk isn't an RPG. Like I haven't played it, but I'm going to say it is if it's here. But some of the other nominations, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, SMT5, and Tales of Arise. I, I'm not really too surprised about any of this. Um, I know some people were really upset about Neo The World Ends With You not being nominated. Um, completely fair. I didn't play it. <laughs> but, um, and I feel like that, not saying that the game awards are, like, perfect or that, you know, we should accept that, you know, certain games didn't get nominated. But, um, I think it, it is important to keep in mind that the way that these nominations are decided is by, they have a jury, which is a bunch of, like, uh, journalists, uh, influencers, like, stuff like that that vote for the nominations and then, you know, vote for the awards. And that's how everything is uh, decided. There's like over a hundred, I think, uh, outlets that contribute to this. And at the end of the day, and like, here's my opinion on like Neo The Ones Ends With You getting snubbed. It is not a big game. And like, I don't know. I think some people, you know, when you're on Twitter and you're following people that like the same things you are, um, it can kind of give the impression like everyone's playing this game. But like, in my opinion, the reality is that a lot of people were not interested in Neo The World Ends With You, um, which isn't to say that it's a bad game and that it should not have been nominated. Um, but at the end of the day, these people that are voting can only play so many games, even though it is their job, you're not going to get to play every single game, especially the ones that you might not be interested in. Um, because the Neo The World Ends With You is a sequel. And, you know, for myself, I don't want to go back to The World Ends With You and play because I never finished it. It wasn't really my thing. It didn't click with me. And so I was like, I'm not going to play Neo The World Ends With You. Even if it is overall a better game, um, it's a sequel. And so I don't, it's, it's a lot to get into. Um, and I just, I don't think many people were interested in it. Um, and that's completely okay. <laughs> like I said, should it have been nominated over, you know, Cyberpunk? Maybe. But, um just to kind of bring some uh, reason to why it might not have been. I think a lot of people just didn't play it. And I don't think that's their fault if they can only play so many games in a year, especially games that are interesting. Like games are supposed to be fun. If you're not interested in the other ones with you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to play it just to be like, okay, nominate it for best RPG. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I don't know. I haven't played it myself. I know a lot of people have been saying that like that was like really snubbed. So I'll trust y'all's opinion, but like I said, I, I think it's a very niche game. I don't know if everyone realizes how niche that it is. Um, does that mean it's a bad game? No, like I the Somnium Files. <laughs> I the Somnium Files, I think, is one of the best narratives in a video game. And that did not get nominated for best narrative in 2019 when it came out. I think it's because not many people played it. I like that's the only reason that I did not get nominated, in my professional opinion, is just because not enough people played it. It's really unfortunate, but it is, um, you know, in some ways the Game Awards are more like a popularity contest than actual quality. 
um, at least in some ways. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either. You know, you can't expect literally everyone to play every single game in the world. <laughs> but anyway, we have Best Family. So the nominations here are It Takes Two, Mario Party, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury, and WarioWare. We always call this the Nintendo category, which I, I kind of disagree with, even though the winner is usually a Nintendo game. You know, you do see other games like It Takes Two, and I think in 2019, Crash 4 was also there, which is honestly a shame because I think it was up against some other big Nintendo game that I can't fucking remember right now. <laughs> but um, I like Crash 4. I wish it would have won. Anyway. Or wait, no, that was 2020. So it would have been Animal Crossing where it didn't have a chance. Yeah, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, I think this is going to go to It Takes Two or Mario Party. Um, just because it is the Nintendo category, I feel like I might go to Mario Party, but I think most of us can probably, like, understand that It Takes Two is probably a better, more high-quality game. Uh, but anyway, best multiplayer, I'm not going to go through all these nominations, but I do think that it will be between Back for Blood and It Takes Two. It Takes Two has a lot of nominations, by the way. <laughs> also, I forgot to mention this. I would love It Takes Two to win Game of the Year. Um, like I said, I haven't fucking played it yet. But I just think it would be so cute because Joseph Fares, I don't know if that's how I say his name, Joseph, Joseph Fares, Joseph Ferris, I don't know how to say his name, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, but I doubt you are. Wonderful, wonderful human being, and like, I think we all know his iconic fuck the Oscars <laughs> thing at the Game Awards a few years ago, but like, you can really see how passionate he is about his games, and you know, he wants to make these multiplayer experiences that's like couch co-op and that you can play with your friends and that are made specifically to be played in this way and then tell a unique story using that. And I think that is, even though I haven't had the chance to play any of his games yet, like, I really respect that because, you know, I feel like, you know, gaming is, can be a very, like, individual thing. And even when you're playing with friends, um, it's usually not a narrative game, I guess. I don't know. I don't play much multiplayer. But I really respect what he does with his games. And I would just, I would love to see him win either Best Director or Game of the Year because I, it just, would it be like a full circle moment from fuck the Oscars <laughs> to like best game direction or, or game of the year? Like, I just think that would be so cute. I definitely think it, it takes to well, at least win some things. I don't know if it will win the bigger ones, but I would love to see it. Um, and then we have content creator of the year. And I'm not going to talk about the nominations here because I don't know any of them. But I always feel like this is a weird category. And um, this was... God, this, this was last year. I remember we were doing the Game Awards Zoom calls where Jeff Keighley would organize these Zoom calls every week. We'd bring on guests every now and then. And, you know, there were like, we could all be panelists. It was just a thing like you could sign up for. I did it. Um, a Trenton moderator in the Discord and on Twitch, he did it. That's how we met. A lot of people that are like in the community and that I've met um, were from those Zoom calls. And I remember... I'm pretty sure someone brought it up to Jeff <laughs> in the Zoom calls because we would often be able to ask questions with Game Awards and, you know, other stuff with, like, the guest that was there. I think someone did ask one time, like, what the fuck is up with the content creator category? Because we had kind of talked about, like, it should be, like, Twitch streamer and, like, YouTuber or something like that. And I don't know if that's exactly how you'd want to go about it, but I think that it's such a broad category because there are so many different types of content creators and I feel like it's really hard to compare them because I listen to a lot of content creators but um I didn't know who any of these fucking people were <laughs> except for dream but like I I don't know who these people are I'm so sorry and that's not like a dig <laughs> like 
but I just feel like it's such a weird category. And it, I think a lot of them are probably streamers. But, like, I know a lot of people are saying, like, why isn't Scott the Waz nominated? And I don't know if that's something about um, how people are, like, viewing the term content creator. Um, but, like, in my personal opinion, I feel like it'd probably be better to separate it into Twitch streamers, just streamers, anyone that does, like, live content, and then people that do more, like, long-form content, I guess. So whether that is podcasters, you know, YouTubers do video essays... And, you know, I don't know, maybe you could include, like, just Let's Plays on YouTube in the streamer category. I don't fucking know. Like, and it is difficult. I understand why it is just content creator of the year, because it's a very, it's hard to define these things, but at the same time, I feel like that has led to some really just weird stuff going on in the category, where I'm like, I just don't know what the goal is here. <laughs> um, like, I don't understand what's happening. Um, and I know that a lot of people feel the same way. Um, also, why am I not nominated? <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, it's, it's just a bit weird. And then we, for most anticipated, I, I thought Final Fantasy 16 was going to be here. It just goes to show that, you know, the people you follow on Twitter don't represent the majority. <laughs> um, but, uh, just off the top of my head, some of the other nominations were like God of War, Ragnarok, uh, Horizon, uh, New Breath of the Wild, Elden Ring, and there was another one that was, I was literally just thinking about it, and now I can't fucking, oh, Starfield, Starfield. Yeah, I thought, uh, Final Fantasy 16 would be there instead of Starfield, but anyway. It's just a weird category. I don't know. It, it's weird. <laughs> like, it's, the games aren't out. I don't, anyway. Moving on. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have to say about the Game Awards, but, uh, this week's question of the week is all about, um what was it, the Game Awards, so, also not question of the week, question for this episode, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, I've been listening to the Answer Reports, and I think I got, I got fucked up, um, show to the Answer Report podcast, wonderful, anyway, <laughs> let's talk about what I've been playing, so, I've just been playing more Animal Crossing, it's easy, although I have kind of been falling off of it lately, I gotta get back on it, but, like, it's cute, I'm enjoying the DLC, I'm enjoying my time, I still have not unlocked a lot of things with the DLC and with even the new update. Um, so there's still, like, a lot of game left to play. Like, I haven't hit that point where, you know, things are just getting boring and I'm just doing my dailies or whatever. Um, there is still a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really have much to add there. But I did start Hotel Dusk, uh, Room 215. And this game has been recommended to me so many times. Um, I think because I'm a visual novel fan, because, you know, I love the Zero Escape games, um, I've had this game recommended to me for years by, like, many people, <laughs> and recently I was like, you know, I feel like I want to play some DS games. I don't know, there, I was in the mood for, to play DS games for some odd reason, um, and so I, I was just, like, tweeting, and I was like, hey, what game should I play? And, uh, I actually, I think I asked, uh, Operation Bluebird, we have a little group chat with the admins, <laughs> I was like, yo, what DS game should I play? And one of the other admins said Hotel Dusk. And I was like, yeah, that, people have said that to me for a while. And so I went on eBay and I ordered a copy of Hotel Dusk, it's room 215, um, for the Nintendo DS. It's about $40. I mean, DS games are not cheap anymore unless they're, like, the really, like, you know, licensed, like, shitty ones. So it did cost me a bit, but, you know, it's been recommended to me so many times. I was like, fuck it. Um, and I know it's only going to get more expensive over time, so yeah. 
but I'm on chapter, I either finished chapter seven and I'm now on chapter eight or I'm now on chapter seven. I don't remember. I think I might be on chapter eight. So I'm pretty far in. I think there's like 10 chapters overall. I've played most of the game, um, but there's still a lot that I have to figure out. <laughs> um, so for those of you that have not heard of Hotel Dusk before, because it is pretty niche, um, it's a DS game that was developed by uh, Sing, I think is how I say it. Um, they've gone bankrupt since... <laughs> I think uh, the, the sequel to Hotel Dusk Last Window was like their last game. <laughs> so sad. Um, and it was published by Nintendo, by the way. Uh, so it's a visual novel about this guy named Kyle. I can't remember his last name right now, but he always makes a big deal out of his name. Kyle Hyde is what it is, Kyle Hyde. Um, and he's an ex-cop that's now a salesman trying to find his old partner in the force, Bradley. And this takes place in like the 70s, I think, like the late 70s. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Um, there's no cell phones or anything, <laughs> like, it, it is, uh, it is older. But yeah, so there's a lot of, like, mystery stuff going on. And also, uh, Kyle, our protagonist, is a bit of an asshole, as you would expect. Like, okay, can we just appreciate the fact their names are Kyle and Bradley? Yeah, they just sound like assholes. But Ky Kyle is a bit of an asshole, like, not gonna lie. But for some reason, everyone seems to like and trust him. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Bradley, his part not partner in crime, they were literally cops. Um, so, Bradley, his partner that was also a cop. Also, like, is it gay? I don't know. I don't think it's gay, but, like, I'm seeing it as gay. Um, anyway, I'm making it gay. <laughs> Um, Bradley, like, dis disappeared a few years ago, I think three years ago at the time of the game, and, uh, Kyle's trying to find him for some fucking reason, and it brings him to Hotel Dusk. His job as a salesman takes him to Hotel Dusk, room 215, and there's a part at the beginning of the game where Dunning, who is, like, the owner of the hotel, is like, yo, we're gonna give you room 215. It's, like, the room of dream- where dreams come true or some shit, and I- you know, whatever. <laughs> That's kind of, uh, the basis for it, and, you know, you kind of, like, investigate the hotel a lot, um, you talk to, you know, the other, the people working at the hotel, it's a very small hotel, and, uh, the other people that are staying at the hotel, um, and there's just a lot to find out. I feel like, I really love the characters in this game, like, they're very entertaining, and they feel very real, um, you know, just the way that Dunning talks, I'm like, that sounds like how my grandfather would talk, you know what I mean? And, like, I think Rosa is great, and Louis is my favorite. Louis is my favorite character. He is so wonderful. He just makes me so happy. He's like a little angel. <laughs> um, he works at the hotel, and I, I, I love him. He's my favorite. Um, but, like, there's some other characters. There's a younger girl, her dad, there's just, there's a lot of people and they're all fucked up. <laughs> they all have their secrets and you're kind of finding out more about these people and, you know, trying to figure out what the fuck happened with Bradley. And it, it's a lot. There's a lot of mystery going on and I really enjoy it. Like I said, I really love the characters. I think they're all very intriguing and they feel very real. Just like, I don't know, the way that they talk and like the way that they're presented. I don't know. I really, I really enjoy this game so far. And the presentation in this game is also super cool. So if you played Brain Age on the DS, you like hold the DS that way. So almost like a book, like you fucking flip it. I'm trying, I don't know how better to describe that. But like if you ever played Brain Age before, like you have to hold the DS that way to play it. Kind of like a book. And so right away I was like, oh, like that's kind of cool. But just like the way, like the art style, it almost looks like uh, like a sketch. 
with like the character sprites like they're just kind of like they look like they were just drawn on paper um and it's like they're animated but not I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how to better describe it but just look up Hotel Dusk and look up some gameplay and you'll see like it, it's really cool just like the presentation and the style of it um but yeah it's a visual novel there are some puzzles you explore the hotel you talk to people it's it's re it's really cool. I'm really excited to finish it. I think I am going to finish it soon. Um, and like I would recommend it. Like genuinely, I would recommend it. I haven't finished it yet. Um, but if it does sound interesting to you, like it might be worth checking it out. I don't know how how good the experience would be on an emulator because, like I said, you have to like flip the DS a certain way to play it. But um, like if you got the money and it sounds interesting, cool, cool, cool. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to play the sequel, unfortunately, because it actually wasn't published in North America, if I'm correct. Um, it was published in Japan and Europe, but not North America. And I think the 3DS is region locked, which is what I've been playing like this on. And my DS that is not region locked, at least I don't think it's region locked, I don't know, um, is like fucked up. So um, I sadly won't be able to play the sequel, I don't think. But um, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. So shout out to Hotel Dusk, room 215 on the DS. Um, I'm really sad that the developer got, went bankrupt. Anyway, let's move on to questions. So for, th for this episode's question, we have, what do you think of this year's nominations for the Game Awards? Are there any games you feel got snubbed in certain categories? Any nominations that you're especially pleased with? Um, so let's get started. So Trent in the Discord said, I'm glad Ratchet and Clank got so many nominations. Same with It Takes Two. They're both great games from passionate developers, and I hope they both do well on awards night. I've heard people who are annoyed Returnal wasn't a uh, game of the year. Personally, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one of my game of the year contenders. Very interesting. So, like I said, I have not played Returnal. I've not played any of these goddamn games. But I, I know I was surprised to not see Returnal. But, um, you know, whatever. It's like, it's like I understand why it's not there. Because I definitely don't think it was as big as some of the other games that were, you know, nominated. But I, I was kind of shocked. But like I said, I don't know if it's actually a good game or not. So, take that how you will. Um, but yeah, Ratchet and Clank, I think, is the most nominated game um, this year. And It Takes Two is pretty close behind. It's like Ratchet and Clank and Deathloop, and then like It Takes Two is like right behind them when it comes to most noms. So yeah, I, I'm also kind of cheering them on. They seem like good games <laughs> that I've not played. And Tully Zoo says, huge Resident Evil Village fan. The game has brought me much joy, despite horror theme, as has It Takes Two. Just glad I didn't see any over anything overly divisive like The Last of Us Part Two. That game looked fine, but feels off-brand for Game of the Year, which seems to imply the game is a social common ground or touchstone amongst gamers. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm also, like, Resident Evil Village and It Takes Two. Cool. Um, but yeah, I remember The Last of Us Part Two last year. I, like, it got so many, and not only did it get so many nominations, but it won, like, pretty much everything it felt like, even though that's not the truth. But, like, it won a, almost everything that it was nominated for, it felt like. And... I haven't gotten the chance to play it. I'm not personally that interested in it, but, like, I don't know. Like, it felt like journalists loved it. it like, it did. It, feel, it felt very divisive. I, yeah. Yeah, I it, it was a lot last year, and I know a lot of people that didn't like The Last of Us Part Two. it basically, like, some of the arguments could have been boiled down just, like, I don't, like, I don't like girls, like, I'm a misogynist, like, why is Abby buff? You know, why is Ellie gay? you know, a lot of the arguments were just dumb shit, right? And, um, I don't want to spoil The Last of Us Part 2. I do know what happens, but, like, I, ha I haven't played it myself. I didn't finish the first game. 
Um, so all my opinions are just kind of going off of what I've heard and my own kind of perception of it. But, like, to me, uh, The Last of Us Part Two just felt a bit too dark and gritty. And, like, I know uh, there's this thing about kind of, like, I don't know what it's called, like, Oscar bait, I think, where it's kind of, like, a game that is made, or, like, a movie that's made just to get awards, which I know does not probably make much sense. <laughs> but, like, I feel like it did feel like that in some way, where it's just, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. But um, that was my perception of it, <laughs> was, you know, some of the divisiveness was just straight up stupid. You know, some of the complaints were just, like, bigoted. But then some of the other ones were like, you know, I feel like this relies a lot on shock value. I don't, like, I just, I didn't like where the story went. I don't know. There was a lot of other stuff. Like, it's just very dark and I didn't enjoy it. And I, I, I was something that I saw a lot of where, you know, the people that did not like it or, you know, didn't think that it was on the level that a lot of people, other people perceive it to be. Like, I think a lot of this also has to do with the fact that the game came out last year. Um, I know for myself, like, even though I was kind of interested in it, I was like, I'm not playing this because the world is literally going through hell right now. Like, I'm gonna keep playing Animal Crossing because that's, like, upbeat and, like, cheerful. But I didn't want to play Last of Us Part 2. It was not the vibe. <laughs> it's not the vibe last year. But yeah, um, kind of went on a rant there. Um, a very messy rant. <laughs> Incomprehensible rant. Um, but Oblivion says justice for chicory i will praise that game forever my game of the year personally like i said i'm fucking shocked that it was not nominated for best indie like i said I did get a nomination somewhere else but i thought that we would see a lot more uh, chicory noms because like a lot of the podcasts that i listened to were praising it and like i said like 12 minutes i haven't heard a good thing about it i heard a lot of good things about chicory why is 12 minutes nominated and not chicory like it, it was just messy as hell I, even though I haven't played Chicory yet, I do plan on it, and I, I agree, it, it should have gotten more. <laughs> um, and then Gamer Galmila says, SMT5 getting nominated for Best RPG alongside three other Japanese RPGs is good news. I think Cyberpunk probs will win, even though that game doesn't deserve it. Yeah, I don't, I feel like, like I said earlier, the RPG category is always, like, there's so much going on there. And, like, I don't know, for myself personally, I love the RPG genre, I don't know, this is my own bias, but, like, I felt that this year, you know, because I'm someone that only buys games, like, new games, because I'm cheap, that I'm, like, really fucking excited for, and I'm a big fan of the RPG, like, ser like not series, but, like, genre, and there was nothing this year that made me, like, oh, I need this. There were some things where I was like, oh, like, I could get this, but I never, there was nothing like that. There was no Final Fantasy VII remake, there was no Persona 5, like, you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> So, I don't know. I feel like the RPG category is kind of weird this year, too. Yeah, I don't know. I think it I think it could go to Cyberpunk, genuinely. I think it's between that and Tails. Um, I think it will probably go to Tails because um, I don't really know if anyone wants to give Cyberpunk an award, but at the same time, it got nominated. So, I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. But, um, yeah, SMT5 got nominated. I did expect that. Um, I haven't played it myself yet. <laughs> I'm, like, kind of scared. I was gonna buy it on release, but, um, I just, like, once reviews started coming out, I was kind of, like, skeptical, because I realized that, you know, it was more of a gameplay-type game, less of a story-type game, at least from what, like, I've heard, and so I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want it. Uh -huh, I'll get it at some point, but anyway, 
And Gilbert said, I hope this year near replicant 1.22474487, is that the right one? I don't know, uh, win best musical score, but I'm disappointed because it wasn't nominated in narrative despite its remaster. Um, but other nominations, I think it was Ratchet and Clank was nominated too. I remember last year, 13 Sentinels, I guess Rim was nominated in narrative, but didn't win. I hope game of the year 2021 will be fair and wholesome. Me too. Me too, Gilbert. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like Senior Replicant in there. Um, I like, I think from what I've heard, the games that were nominated for best narrative deserve to be there. Um, I like, I haven't finished Near Replicant myself. But, like, the story is old. At least that's my, like, sort of perception and take on it is that, you know, like I said earlier, the only thing that I really would nominate Near Replicant for is the music. Um, I, I, I understand why it was not nominated for Best Narrative because it is old. And, you know, I think that there is this interesting thing where, like, if you think of a remake like Final Fantasy VII Remake or even, or even Resident Evil 2 Remake where they're on, like, such a bigger scale... Even if, you know, from what I understand, Resident Evil 2 Remake's narrative is very similar to the original, whereas, you know, obviously, obviously 7 Remake is a lot different in some ways. But, um, like, I feel like they're, they're, like, they're a lot bigger. There's a lot more content to them. It feels more like a new game because it is a new game. Um, whereas with Near Replicant, it's, like, somewhere in between a remaster and a remake. Like, it's, I don't know how, how to describe it because it's not... Like, to me, like, Crash Bandicoot, the original Crash Bandicoot games, and then you compare that to the Crash Insane Trilogy, to me, that is a bigger jump than Near Replicant, but it's, like, the only thing coming to mind that I can really compare it to, because it is the same game. There's just, like, kind of graphical um, improvements, but even then, they're not, like, they're not outstanding, I guess. So, like, I'm not surprised at all that's not there. I don't know if I would put it there, um, but completely fair. <laughs> Um, and I remember a lot of people, uh, I, I still have to play 13 Sentinels. It's on my Christmas list. Um, so I am probably going to play 13 Sentinels, I guess, at some point. But, um, yeah, I know that. I know that kind of happens. Um, Justice for I, the Somnium Files, not getting nominated for Best Narrative in 2019. Anyway. Um, Iron Agro has, thought it was a pretty good list, but there were a few snubs like Neo not being up for Best, o best OST. And since I'm the only person I've seen with this opinion, I'll say, well, it didn't deserve to be up for Best RPG. I'm disappointed Cyberpunk didn't get a nomination for Best Narrative. So, like, like I said, I've not played it. I don't know what the narrative is. <laughs> but I, I, very interesting, honestly. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, some other stuff that was up for soundtrack, and I can't, like, just, I don't fucking remember other than Nier. But yeah, we see snubs every year. Um, but I, I'm just really interested in the Cyberpunk thing, honestly. Because I, I know a lot of people are just upset that Cyberpunk is nominated for anything at all, which is also completely understandable. But yeah, very interesting. Um, I, I like hearing other people's opinions because I think sometimes there's just this, like, I don't know, I feel like we kind of come under the impression that, like, everyone agrees with us and, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but I like hearing different opinions. And then we have Jay who says, uh, a Full disclosure, I basically not played a damn thing that's nominated. Me too. Um, I'm super stoked to see Psychonauts 2 getting so much love since I adored the first one and loved Tim Schafer and Double Fine's work. Also, Horizon Forbidden West, most anticipated game. I love the first one. Yeah, I, like, same here. I have played, I think, most or at least, like, half of the first Psychonauts at this point. I do want to get back to it at some point. Um, but I'm also really glad to see Psychonauts 2 get so many nominations because, from what I've heard, it's really good. It tells an important story about mental health. 
Um, and it also looks fun. <laughs> it looks fun. It looks colorful. It looks like something that I would enjoy. Hoping to play it before the Game Awards, but probably not. <laughs> Let's be honest. And Sucrose has, I feel like Tales of Arise and Guardians of the Galaxy should have been up for Game of the Year. Also, popular opinion, it would seem that Cyberpunk shouldn't be in RPGs. Rayleigh Default 2 should be there. Very interesting. Um, I did think that Tales of Arise definitely could have been nominated for Game of the Year, but like, I think it just comes down to the fact that, you know, not as many people play RPGs as you would think, <laughs> I guess. The people that are voting, it just doesn't seem to be a genre that they are big fans of unless it is a big game like, you know, 7 Remake or Persona 5. At least that's my take on it, because, like, I, I definitely thought Tales of Arise could have been in the running, but it's not. I do think it'll probably win a Best RPG, though. Also interesting with Guardians of the Galaxy, I know a lot of people enjoyed that. I am surprised by how much praise it's been getting, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's good to hear, though, that people are enjoying this game that, you know, maybe we weren't sure if we would enjoy. And yeah, Cyberpunk shouldn't be in RPGs. Bravely Default 2 should be there. I played a demo for Bravely Default 2. I, I don't know how I felt about it. I feel like I was just a bad experience with the demo. <laughs> but yeah, there, there were more RPGs this year that could have been nominated. But unfortunately, I think it comes down to more people played Cyberpunk that voted. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> um, and then Andre has, hi Emmy. I found this year's nominees very exciting. Smaller games like It Takes Two to stand next to heavyweights like Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil 8 is astounding to me. I only wish they also nominated Last Stop for Best Narrative. And I was going to Google Last Stop because I wasn't sure what it was. And then I fucking forgot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also like seeing um, a variety of games. And I feel like there is a variety of games. But also, you know, I think there's also a lot of games this year that are almost more like family games. You know, like, It Takes Two, Ratchet and Clank, Psychonauts 2. I know that Ratchet and Clank and Psychonauts, I think, are both, like, rated T. But, like, in my mind, like, those are more, like, kid-friendly games. Um, I think it's cool because I feel like a lot of the time it is just these very, like, gritty and, like, dark or, like, mature games. And I, I think it's cool this year that we're seeing a bit more, uh, you know, bright <laughs> colorful games you know platforming especially um I, I i yeah i think that's really fucking cool um so yeah and then mo has neo the world ends with you unfortunately not getting put in for music or the rpg category is a bit of a letdown but to be honest i think nominations for it are always going to be a tricky thing with how many games there are each year and only bigger things getting nominated usually and i completely agree like I said earlier, I don't think it is a fault of the people that are, like, deciding on the nominees that this was not nominated. I think it comes down to people can only play so many games. <laughs> and, you know, you really have to pick, like, what looks interesting to you. And if you never played the original The World Ends With You, which a lot of people haven't, um, you're not going to want to play the sequel. And that's probably why it didn't get nominated, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's pretty solid for the most part. Like, there aren't many things I really complain about except for, like, 12 minutes. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck that's nominated, but anyway. Um, and then, okay, this is the first time this person has re responded to uh, a question for the podcast. Um, so I apologize if I say your name wrong. Just let me know. So, uh, Carolion? Carolion. That's what I'm going to say. Um, just let me know if I pronounced it wrong. Um, says, definitely think Returnal deserved more attention. Not sure what category specifically it could have fit in otherwise, but definitely more than it got. And yeah, I, I was I was pretty surprised that we didn't see more of Returnal because I feel like a lot of people really enjoyed that. I heard a lot of people talking about it. And I don't know if it's one of those things where like it just came out earlier in the year. So there's, you know, there's been time to have more of a discussion about it. But um, yeah, I completely agree. I thought that it would be up for more. 
And uh, as for my answer, uh, the only game I played that wasn't a remaster this year was World End Club, which, like I said, shouldn't be nominated for anything. <laughs> so, like, like I, and also just throughout this episode, I've kind of been spouting out my own opinions, but, like, I don't know. Like, to me, there was nothing that stood out other than 12 minutes being nominated and Chicory not having uh, many nominations where I was like, oh, this feels fucked up. <laughs> Although I will say, when I watched uh, the nomination video that Jeff put out, um, and whenever cyberpunk would come on the screen for, like, best music and best RPG, like, I cackled. Like, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, I don't know. It was surprising to me. But anyway, I think it surprised a lot of people. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the Game Awards next year because there's just a lot more games coming out next year that I think I'm going to play and enjoy. Um, and next year we're going to be having this discussion. I'm going to be like, why wasn't I the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative nominated for best narrative? Um... But I'm gonna know why. I'm gonna know why, and I'm gonna know it's because no one played it. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed that maybe some people will, and it will get some sort of attention. God, it's hard being Nuchi Koshi fan. <laughs> Although, actually, um, I don't know when this was. I was just looking up, like, I don't know. I was looking up something about 999. <laughs> I think it was reviews or something. And something came up about how, apparently, in 2010, when 999 came out, like, in North America... Um, apparently IGN gave a best narrative or some shit, like, on their website. So, like, you know, sometimes I wonder. And, like, I don't know if there was- There was probably some sort of game awards. It obviously wouldn't be the thing that Jeff Keighley's doing now. But, you know, I just- I think. And I'm like, what if the game awards was in 2009? <laughs> what if we went back? Or, like, 2010? Like, what if we went back? Would- Would Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors get nominated for best narrative? I don't know. But- <laughs> I would have loved to see it. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm kind of sad. You know, I hope at the Game Awards, um, they, for some reason, uh, show off that the Nonary Games is coming to Switch or, like, we get a trailer for either, either Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. It won't happen, but I would love to see it. But uh, we'll probably save that for next week. I think that will be what we talk about next week is, like, actual predictions for announcements that will be happening at the Game Awards. Um, <laughs> but, but that's for next time. So thank you so much for listening to the Luna's Galaxy podcast. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'll be back on Tuesday, December 7th. So this is like right, this is two days before the Game Awards, y'all. <laughs> uh, for the next episode, we'll be discussing who knows what. If you want to be a part of the Luna's Galaxy community, you can join our Discord server, which the link is in the description. Uh, you can also keep up with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch, where I'm at Games. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I'll, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I thought this episode was going to be so much shorter um, because I did not have a topic of the show, but uh, we're, we've hit the one hour mark, folks. <laughs> uh, who would have thought? It's a good thing I didn't have a topic of the show because or else we would be here forever. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I'll see you next time.